I once heard someone say that helping another person is helping yourself. It's a grand and beautiful idea. And it's sometimes true. But what if your kindness was used against you? What happens when the person you were helping does the unthinkable? I'm your host, Hepburn, and you're listening to the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast, a true crime podcast dedicated to exposing the many misdeeds and abuses done to animals. And every week, I'll be covering a new animal abuse case. In 2008, in Moranbagh, Queensland, Australia, a young woman named Danielle Nielsen and her family opened up their home to a 24-year-old man named Jonathan Blake. He needed a place to stay, and he needed work, and Danielle and her family gave all of that to him. They even lent him a car. The relationship at first was fine and quite amiable, but as time progressed, the relationship soured, and Jonathan was kicked out. Whatever had happened, apparently, was so unforgivable that Jonathan felt like he had the right to exact revenge against Danielle. In the middle of the night in October, Jonathan and his friend broke into Danielle's home. His aim wasn't to steal money or even harm the human residents. His target was Peanut, Danielle's seven-month-old fox terrier. Carrying the puppy, Jonathan and his friend took Peanut to a park. Taking out a phone, Jonathan turned on its video and began recording. With a knife and guarded shears, they tormented poor Peanut. Peanut wailed as they slashed his body, cut off two of his legs to disable him, and cut off his nose to further his suffering. They then decapitated him. At the end of the video, Jonathan and his friend showed off Peanut's dismembered body parts. They did all of this with great glee, laughing throughout, so enthusiastic about what they had just done. Jonathan and his friend scattered Peanut's remains throughout the park for passerbys to find. Jonathan, being the stupid idiot that he was, then got drunk and drove into a council fence. While the police were attending to the accident, they saw a set of bloody garden shears with hair on them. I'm not sure if that was what triggered the police to arrest Jonathan and his friend, or if the accident was the trigger, but either way, the two were arrested and Jonathan's phone was taken. That was when the police discovered the three-part video of Peanut's torture and murder. What was on the videos was so brutal that the chief inspector of Queensland's RSPCA said this. When you talk to senior police officers who have seen a lot of carnage in their time and they say it shocked even them, then you begin to get the picture. But this wasn't the first time Jonathan had committed a crime. In 2006, he served 21 months in prison for sex offenses. At the time of Peanut's murder, it was deemed by the press as the worst case of animal abuse in Australian history. When the judge was given the opportunity to watch the three-part video, he declined, stating that the reading of the details of the crime was sufficient enough. He didn't need to know more about it. To save his client, Jonathan's attorney said that Jonathan had been sexually abused as a child and because of that, 
He ran away from home at the tender age of 15 and lived on the streets. He additionally dealt with mental health issues like depression, cutting, and had suicidal ideations. And from all of that trauma, he became an alcoholic and drug user. This is all very sad and unfortunate, and no one, least of all a child, should ever experience so much pain. But that's not an excuse for criminality. I'm in no way saying sexual abuse or abuse in general is ignorable or shouldn't be taken seriously. Abuse must always be taken seriously. But I don't think we can excuse someone for terrible behavior because of what happened to them in the past. Murder can't be an outlet for trauma. And the lawyer's argument that Blake should get any leniency because of his past is, to an extent, insulting. And I'm sure you've heard this many times, but a lot of people have experienced abuse, but they don't turn out to be monsters. At best, what happened to Jonathan was just the reason. In September of 2009, Jonathan and his friend were sentenced to three years in prison. They were both convicted for stealing a dog, willfully and unlawfully killing it, willfully damaging a gate, and unlawful possession of marijuana. Apparently, up until Jonathan, the maximum penalty under the Animal Care and Protection Act for such an offense was $75,000 or two years imprisonment. However, the maximum penalty ever given was a measly four months in jail. Of the three-year imprisonment, an RSPCA representative said this, We are very happy that the court's decision today has reflected the total abhorrence and disgust that the community feels about this kind of cruelty to animals. But perhaps that was too optimistic, because in October of 2009, he was released, having only served 318 days of his three years. Yes, that is one month after he was sentenced. But those 318 days were a time served, and apparently his release was customary. After serving a third of his sentence, it is regular legal practice for animal abusers to be paroled. But this isn't to say that things haven't improved since 2009, because it appears that now in Queensland, the max is three years of imprisonment, or $275,000, And if it's a very severe case of animal cruelty, like Peanut's case, then the maximum is seven years or a similar fine of close to $300,000. Jonathan might have betrayed Danielle, but that didn't mean that her kindness wasn't repaid. Coming home one day, Danielle was greeted by a woman on her front porch. In the woman's hand was a box. The woman had heard of Peanut's story and felt compelled to visit Danielle. She wanted to show Danielle support and compassion. So she showed Danielle what was inside the box. And there were two little Shih Tzu puppies. She told Danielle to choose one. And whoever she chose, it would be hers. The woman didn't require anything of Danielle. And so Danielle chose a little boy who she later named Louis. She said of the new addition, He has not replaced Peanut, but has made it a lot easier to heal. He's a lot like Peanut and acts just like him. He even has the same funny eye that Peanut did. In December of 2008, the RSPCA honored Peanut because they placed him and two other slain animals as the front cover of the 2009 pet calendar. 
So that was the tragic story of Peanut. I'm not sure what to say because what happened to Peanut and to his mom and to her family was truly brutal. I tried finding the reason why Danielle's family and him had a falling out, and I haven't really found anything substantial. There was a little part in an article that said that while he was branding cattle, because he was doing it so slowly, he was branded himself. And I don't know if that was the reason for him seeking revenge or if that was true. I don't know if Danielle's family owned a cattle business or anything related to cattle. But the way the article threw in that info, it didn't make it clear that that was the job that Jonathan was doing while he was working with Danielle's family. So that's why I didn't include it in the main story. Now, for a very awkward transition, thank you all for listening. As always, make sure you share the VSF podcast, rate and review it on wherever you listen to the podcast. Email me anything you want me to cover at VSF period official period podcast at gmail.com and follow VSF's Instagram page, the period VSF period official. Also, make sure you check out Homemade Crochet Dog and Cat Toys, available on VSF's official website, voicelessspeakforever.com. I'm featured on its very own Instagram page, VSF period official period shop. If you like one, you gotta get one. All the money goes back into growing VSF. Again, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Toodles!